Hello, beautiful souls. I'm your host, Nicole Neshi, and welcome to the Intuition Age. My intention for this podcast is to cultivate a sacred space where we can collectively evolve into higher states of conscious and self-awareness. I believe that the sustenance and purpose of our being is already located within the depths of our souls. We just have to rediscover and realign with it. It's time to go inward to find all the answers, clarity, and knowledge we seek. So let's journey within. I remember when I first reacquainted with my inner child. I was in my early 20s, completely disconnected from that childlike essence within myself. The child within was detached and suppressed, yet its wounded presence was directing my life. It told me that I was alone, unworthy of being loved and cared for by others. It told me that I was stuck, unable to evolve beyond the confines of my reality. It told me that I was underappreciated underdeserving of having my thoughts and emotions heard and seen by others. I constructed my own limiting behaviors where I felt safe and protected from emotional pains. My childhood fears of being neglected, abandoned, and powerless were controlling my adult responses. I began to recognize this. And the awareness of these inner child wounds provoked a change within me. I wanted to reconnect with my playfulness, innocence, curiosity, and creativity. I wanted to heal that part of my soul that was deeply wounded. And I did this through inner child work. On this expansive episode, I am joined by the incredible Hazel Ann from Project Antiporta. Hazel is a healing and transformation coach who focuses on holistic living, inner child empowerment, and self-love. We activate the inner child within to deliver a vulnerable, whimsical, playful aspect of ourselves with you. The inner child is a living essence within us, a part of our subconscious mind It is a narrative that coincides with our emotional processing. It's almost like a default setting that is activated when triggered by unhealed childhood conditionings. When we confront our inner child and comfort it, we transcend into a realm of possibility and potential. So call upon your divine inner child and join Hazel and I in this magical playground. Hi, Hazel. Welcome to the Intuition Age. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So to start, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yes. Um, my name is Hazel Antiporta. I'm a healing and transformational coach that teaches you to go back inwards and heal your inner child so you can transform your life, so you can break free out of your limiting beliefs and embody your authentic you through inner confidence. So how did you get into that career? So I would say it was a few years ago. Uh, my ex, he cheated on me twice. And at that point, I was just wondering why, like, what about me was still attracting to him? Because even though I found he cheated on me, in my some ways, I was like, you know what, I still need to get back to him. But then 
after one night after my friends told me there's actually something wrong with me I was actually understanding like wait what is actually trying what about me is trying to go back to him and then the more I researched and like analyzed myself through a Freudian perspective I saw that I was attracted to him because of my childhood because of the way my parents brought me on in my relationship with them. So instead I was just mirroring the type of relationship I was in like through going through and finding familiarity around those. Okay. So prior to your relationship with him though, did you have any other relationships that were kind of shaky or were you cheated on prior to that? Yeah. So this yeah. was a pattern that was obviously resurfacing since childhood. Definitely. Like, I was before that relationship, I was um, going through other shitty relationships as well. But then that's when as I started to like reevaluate and like reheal myself in certain ways, I started seeing that like my ability to talk people and like heal people, others was actually like profound. And I'm like, okay, what happened if I took my certifications and took the step further? Yeah. So just at what point did you start recognizing that this may be an inner issue? So the energies that you were projecting out were attracting people like this into your life as opposed to just blaming the other person for cheating on you or just being like disruptive or dishonest or yeah. I like that question because that's when I realized that the people you attract in your life, like um, I would say it is law of attraction. The people you attract in your life is the same the same energy you have towards yourself. So all your friendship relationships, they're just a mirror reflection of what you're going through and the things you have to learn about yourself. So even though like, yes, he cheated on me. Yes. He like, he abandoned me in several ways, but there's also a mirror reflection of like, I abandoned myself in several different ways. I was chasing love that I didn't have love within me. And when did you recognize that? I would say 2016. Okay. And then you started doing inner work, law of attraction, inner child healing, and you came to the conclusion that this was something that you were honestly dealing with and became conditioned with early on in life. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Because with the inner child work, it goes back to the sense, um, you know, when we're kids, we're just like filled with so much like passion and youth and just like have so much courage in, in us that like the world doesn't stop us. But as we grow older, parents and like peers tell us we can't do this, we can't do that, we have to play safe. And that's when the wounded child appears because it feels like it's not, it's not enough. It can't be a certain weight in order for like, for expression to happen. And so as I dive deep in, I saw that like, oh, my inner child was wounded because I had to chase love, even though my parents weren't always home. But that was just baby hazel trying to put a perspective on what's not true so i have to reparent that and recondition my understanding of what my relationship with my parents was so i can track something better in my life today so why don't we because you gave us kind of a debrief that you started doing inner child work discuss Mm -hmm. what exactly inner child work is and then is that something that you implement into your coaching when you help others uh yes okay so I love that question. Thank you. Inner child work is essentially going back and letting yourself be carefree of who you are and understanding that you're not only safe for who the, for who you are in terms of expression, but like literally your world is your playground. You are safe no matter what. Right. And so I teach this through my clients as a foundation of inner child. But then I go in the means of using the mind, body and soul because humans are tridimensional. And I like to focus on healing in three different aspects. So the mind, body and soul. 
all through like the inner child perspective. That's a really interesting perspective to take though. I feel like a lot of people who have dealt with any type of like childhood trauma, that's just an aspect of ourselves that we suppress right yeah. away. And we just, you know, we gain this more like mature perspective. We lose sight of like the curiosity and the magic that's embodied within a child. And mm-hmm. that's interesting that you take that perspective to actually incorporate it into your coaching. And then, of course, look at the mind, body, soul aspects as well, but through the perspective, like through the lens of inner child work. So super interesting perspective. Not many people utilize that, I don't think. Oh, no. And um, that's one important part of it, too, because even though it's like, you know how um, we consume ourselves with so much like self-help and podcast books, but sometimes we don't feel like, hey, we love a good podcast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But like we feel like we're uh, we don't find that the root is like the educational part is not hitting them enough. That's when the full integration needs to happen. Because in order for like yes, we're consuming a lot of like information, but it's also important to do the work itself. Because that's when the change comes. It's like going back into our past and actually rerouting everything. So what does then inner child work look like just generally? Because obviously it is individualized based on your own personal experiences, mm-hmm. but just generally like where do you start when you're trying to do inner child work is listening to that little voice inside your head it's like reparenting yourself one basic exercise I like to do with myself and my clients is throughout the day ask yourself like what does baby Nicole want and then it's like oh I want ice cream okay feed into the ice cream yes or, <laughs> or it's like um hey baby Nicole are you feeling neglected in some ways and you just hear like a little voice like, yes, you're not doing X, 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 even though you promised X. And then it's like, okay, I have to go back. Because when we start listening to that voice, that's when our intuition becomes stronger. And we start building the capacity of what like inner confidence really is and being and holding yourself through integrity. So do you start simply just by trying to communicate maybe with the inner child as opposed to asking like, where do you feel mm-hmm. trauma? Like, where do you feel neglected? Like, do you start just being like, hi, inner child, what do you need right now? Like, what do you want? What do you want to do? Exactly, exactly. Because just imagine after years of just neglecting your inner child and you try to hone that voice, the the kids inside of you is going to be like, who are you? You never talked for so many years. Like, you abandoned me so long ago. It's rebuilding that connection within you and seeing that you're trying to help them and they're here for you. And then in terms of actually rebuilding that connection with your inner child, this obviously isn't something that happens overnight. Oh, no. So yeah. <laughs> in terms of like what you've been seeing in your clients, what does the progression look like? And what does the development look like in terms of like reconnecting and reparenting your inner child? So in the first call, it's always strange. You're like, oh, this kid doesn't want to talk to me. But then after that, throughout the week, I give them three different exercises that hit the mind, body, and soul. And after the third call, I start recognizing, I don't I start seeing that change is actually happening. And by the first month, I don't recognize them at all. Because what I'm trying to do is activate their inner child to the first call, but then implement different learnings throughout different perspectives. Because it's like when we learn a language, we just don't learn a language one way. We learn through TVs, YouTube videos, apps, so we can forget the full integration of what it means to be immersive of that language. So that's what I'm trying to do with my clients. The first activation and then after healing different modalities. Yeah, no, that that is smart because you need to recognize too through that inner child perspective, 
we yeah. are so like multidimensional. There's so many like facets of mm-hmm. our being so many dimensions of self. So it's like, okay, how do we recognize the inner child physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, etherically, you know, energetically, all of that? Because that's what we are. That's our self. So we need to recognize all dimensions of self through these different lenses mm-hmm. and through these different mm-hmm. aspects as well. So if you're mm-hmm. comfortable, do you want to share a bit more about the inner child journey and work you've been doing with yourself? Yes, yes, definitely. So in the beginning, baby Hazel was very foreign to me. I remember the first time I did this, I was like, this is a new concept. But then that was like a symbolism of how much I abandoned myself because one of my triggers before is abandonment. And the fact that I couldn't even talk to baby Hazel and that was so foreign to me, like talking to a baby picture of me, that was like a, like an image of how much work I had to do with my inner child. And so in the beginning it was off, but like the more I started to hone into it like weekly and I developed a routine to talk to baby Hazel every day, the more, the more results started coming in after two weeks, I would say in the beginning And then that's when I started learning how to be carefree and hone in into my feminine energy, rather being in control all the time and letting things just be and living in flow. That's one thing I learned. And then after that, I was was more able to be receptive of what I needed to do in my life uh, from guidance, from the source. And after that, as I started picking up more messages and still honing baby Hazel, I was able to get like my dream relationship and build a business like this. That's amazing. So I do want to ask what type of messages and symbols were you getting during this journey? It was more like, how do I say this? It's more like sometimes I wake up and I would just get a dream or a vision. And after I would just write this down and then something, someone on the streets randomly pre COVID would just tell me like, Oh, Hazel, um, oh, hey, I like. I think you were like good for this, this, and this. I remember like one time I got a call from uh, an IG marketer. I was not even like on Instagram at the time. He was like, oh, I know how to make you like blossom. You need to do this, this, and this. I'm like, me and go on IG and sell myself? Like, that's not me. That's not me. That was 2018. But then here I am today <laughs> doing exactly that. And I would just get different messages from everybody. And then the more I got into it, the more I tapped into it, that's when things started coming in the way, through my way. And why do you think prior to doing the inner child work that you weren't attracting these opportunities or even just like higher vibrational individuals into your life? I would say I was trying to control certain things of what I thought I wanted, but that was more from the ego side. Right. And then from the ego side, it was more like, okay, I need to be a sales director by age of like 23. I need to do this, this, and this in order to be successful. But that was what I told myself since I was young. In order for me to be enough, I need to be this, this, and this. But because of that, I wasn't in flow of like the actual talents I had. I was blocking that energy and trying to go for something that wasn't actually working for me and said it was harming me. That's really interesting. I actually read an article 
not too long ago, a few weeks ago, that connected the inner child to the divine feminine, just being in flow and tapping into your intuition. And just based on your story, obviously the conditionings over time, there's a lot of expectations and a lot of them imposed on children who probably shouldn't even be thinking about like what (laughs) career they're going to have in the future, like what path to take. I remember like just as a child, I had a lot of expectations imposed on me as well. And you really start tapping into this like divine masculine energy from a very young age where it's like goals, goals, goals. Like first I'm going to graduate this school and then get this degree and I'm going to apply to this job and everything's going to be set as opposed to just, yeah, just tapping into that inner child, which is attuned obviously to both divine masculine and divine feminine, but more attuning to that flow again. And just being curious and really connecting deeply to your whole self and realizing what's in alignment with yourself as opposed to like what conditionings and expectations have been imposed on us. So it's hard to make that distinguishment, but I feel like once you start tapping into your whole self and recognizing that inner child again and recognizing where you are now, your higher self, then you begin like begin to attract just all the alignment, all the aligned experiences mm-hmm. and opportunities and people into your reality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because the more you chase something, the more like lonely you'll feel, like, feel inside. Because you chase something that is not as actually supposed to be in your life. But if you allow yourself to receive and knowing good things will come for you, come to you, then that's when fulfillment happens, contentment happens. Absolutely. So you said that when you started doing inner child work, you started like learning about Freud. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious. So based on child archetypes, do you think you resonated most with like the wounded child archetype? Oh, 100%. The wounded and outer child, I would say, because so basically uh, Jung, um, Carl Jung, he's the one who developed the term inner child. And he teaches that there's inner child, wounded child, and outer child. So the outer child is the one who is very, like, there's no control on emotion. They just lash out. And the wounded child is like, oh, there's a fear of abandonment and, like, fear of not being good enough. So I used to lash out a lot because my parents would never give me attention. And then as I grew older, that I went to wounded child. And as I dug in deeper, I saw that. Because I was coming from a wounded child perspective in the terms of like the Freudian side, I was always chasing relationships that gave me the same dynamics. I was chasing my father and like my relationships, the guys who were unavailable, who were like emotionally distant. Yeah. And I feel like part of you as an inner child probably felt connected to that, like felt safe with that. Cause I too resonate with like the wounded child archetype, especially when I started doing my own inner child work and it doesn't even need to be like romantic relationships, even friendships. I found that I was going into these like wounded friendships where again, I wasn't really given the attention, like similar to you. I feel like I have a very similar story to you. I wasn't really given the attention I needed as a child. And I was just like, it was like a pattern just resurfacing Mm -hmm. and resurfacing in all of the relationships. I had both friendships and romantic. So really actually, so yeah, the child archetypes, Caroline Miss, I think, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, M-Y-S-S, Miss. Um, She also, she expanded on these archetypes and she has like a whole bunch 
uh, yeah, like dependent nature, magical child, mm-hmm. like I think wounded orphan child. So there's a whole bunch. And obviously like you're going to resonate with multiple archetypes, but it's, it, it's completely true. And if you don't recognize which archetype you resonate with, or if you don't ar- like recognize that you were a wounded child and you still are internally a wounded child, you be, you're still projecting those exactly. energies out into the world. And that's exactly what you're going to attract back. Definitely. And it's almost like this endless pattern of like, that's all you're attracting. And then you start like, I know I used to ask myself, like, how come I'm always like helping others and giving like my full attention and energy to others when I'm meeting up with like friends or like in relationships and they're just on their phones or not paying attention to me, just like not reciprocating the energy I put out. And then you start doing the inner child work and you're like, oh crap, like I sought out that exactly. I sought out people not giving me attention because that's where I felt most safe. That's where I felt comfortable because that's what I experienced when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Going on like tangents. I know. Like seriously, a lot of people don't recognize that even though we grew older, we aged, we are still running on the same narrative cycles if we didn't heal like from ages. Right. Like let's say um, like one example very similar to you my friends at the time I felt like I would give them more attention and like I would care about them hit them up more but then they were more like just chill relaxed but then I felt like like why aren't they like showing value the same way I am and then that's when I noticed like I'm still chasing love Hazel <laughs> that was like a few years ago and that's when like the whole inner work started but like when you start doing the inner work you'll see that like the people you used to fight for will literally disappear in your life and new people who will come in who match you energetically. It's like instantly too. Yeah. Like one day you do the inner work and then whoever's no longer in alignment with your real authentic self just completely disappears out of your life. Facts. So what I would you want to touch on though, just being a child. So if we were to revert back to childhood self, I honestly Mm -hmm. think a lot of inner work or not inner work, like inner child trauma kind of stems from this inability to actually care for yourself when you're younger. It's almost like a really primal survival mechanism. So Mm -hmm. obviously as children, as we're going through trauma and pain, there's not really much we could do just from a societal perspective. Like as a child, you can't just leave and go find your own home and you know, like pay rent and support yourself and do all this. So we kind of just consume all this trauma and all these conditionings. It doesn't even need to be trauma, like conditionings Mm. and imprints, because like, that's how we survive. We can't just go off by ourselves as children. So I feel like that's something that's really interesting too. If people don't believe that they had any like inner child trauma to work on, just kind of revert, revert back to when you were a child and think, okay, what conditionings and imprints and limiting beliefs were imposed on me that I couldn't really argue with? Yeah. You know, like that I couldn't really leave Yeah, and start recognizing those and then start determining like what is you and what was opposed on you. I love the way you put that. Yes. (laughs) I couldn't agree with it more because a lot of people who think that like, oh, I didn't have anything traumatic happening in my childhood. It doesn't necessarily, necessarily have to be traumatic could instantly be something like a form of rejection that happened to you from your grade one crush 
baby Nicole would probably thought like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. That asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as we look back, we might be thinking like, oh, that doesn't mean much. But subconsciously, we might be holding that trigger inside of our body. No, absolutely. And that's such a common one I see in so many people too, this fear of rejection. And it doesn't necessarily need to stem from like a parent leaving you. Like it could, because like that obviously is a main source of rejection for many people, but just being rejected, say you raised your hand in class in kindergarten or grade one and the teacher like didn't pick on you or like you're in gym class and you're picked last, just like little stuff like that, that has happened, that has conditioned you to believe that like you're unworthy of certain absolutely last yeah absolutely so I do want to talk on and this is something I'm going to need like clarification from you Mm -hmm. on it's the shadow like the duality duality of the shadow with the inner child because I've done a lot of shadow work but how does it relate to the inner child I like that question so I would say, um, so with the shadow work, you know how the essence of the shadow work is like knowing that we tell ourselves labels, even though we kind of like push it away, but we have to understand like some part it's us and we just have to accept it, but cultivate a new different understanding with it. Instead, we also have to see like the way I bring with my clients is saying like um, one trigger word could be, um, I'm a scammer imposter syndrome I used to be in sales and like a sales manager and whenever I had this like some sort of myself I would thought that like I was a scammer and people just easily trust my words and I started to feel bad about myself but in a way I I had to remove that meaning and just see that word as it is but then I would also bring like baby hazel in it's like say that with me so both of us can heal at the same time was that a word or even just imposter syndrome that you experienced mm-hmm. as a child as well? Oh, yes. Yes. It's more like um, I used to be like this trophy kid. My parents would make sign of like pageants and like swimming competitions. But then as like bullying happened, I thought that like I was just like a perfectionist and I had to, I was a people pleaser and that's why I had to do these things. But I had to learn that like, no, those are people's narratives. I'm just me. And then I always bring like, so I bring um, in my work, I do hypnosis and time. I do a combination of both. So it's like deep healing. So we can rewire like the belief pattern. So I bring like baby Nicole inside this picture. So as we're doing shadow work together, I make both of you guys say at the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of shadow traits actually stem from childhood experiences? Childhood, also high school, like 18 and under. Yeah, high, high school was probably a difficult time for many, many of us. <laughs> a lot. Yes. Yeah, for many of us. I could definitely see that. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the shadow work that I've done, and I don't, I've never actually cor- correlated it to my inner child and inner child work. So that's something interesting. And now I kind of want to like go back to the shadow work that I've done and just yeah. get like little me, inner child me, to actually heal that as well. Because now that I think about it, I'm like, wow, there are a lot of like correlations between Mm -hmm. shadow work that I've already done and like experiences and conditionings from childhood. Yes. Yes. So like the whole um, lens thing we were talking about earlier is really good to see the shadow work, not only one perspective, but different perspectives. So we let it go completely. Yeah. I like one of my major shadow traits 
Mm-hmm. And like, I still call it a trait because I see obviously law of duality. Like mm-hmm. we're both good and we're both evil. Like that's mm-hmm. just the energies of earth. Like I love being a balanced being, but one of my shadow traits is just not feeling good enough. And oh, because yeah. of that, I project like this insecurity out a lot of times. And it does come like I hold a lot of value to the work that I do. And when I see people in similar fields, not necessarily anymore, but this was like the past few years when I was starting my own business, when I saw people in similar fields doing better than me, and obviously don't believe everything that you see on social media, because a lot of it is a huge facade. But Uh I was seeing people like six figures, their first month in business. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I'm barely scraping by right now. Like just starting my business. I'm still doing all these like trainings to get better in these certifications. And you know, like, how, like when am I going to make six figures in a month, which is so <laughs> unrealistic. <laughs> like to this day, I'm like, huh, like why was I trusting those posts right. that I saw on Instagram and Facebook? But that was a shadow trade I really had to like come to terms with. And I, I honestly, now that I think about it, I feel like that stems again from not feeling like I belonged as a child and mm. feeling kind of like abandoned and just feeling not good enough for like family or school like groups of friends and that now being projected in business not feeling good enough or even worthy to have like my services bought Mm -hmm. by others Mm -hmm. so yeah just made you know I just I healed inner little Nicole (laughs) there you go (laughs) with that right now but yeah like I think that's really interesting to start making making those correlations as well Definitely. I like the way you put it too, because I I felt that way with business as well. I did all like the shadow work and like inner child work. I thought I was like good at like good. But then as we progress on and on, I've learned that it's so important to revisit those shadow and inner child work because no matter what happens in our lives, sometimes little things can trigger a part of it. And we just have to rewire that certain belief again to a different perspective. Yeah, maybe we should discuss just when shadow traits surface Mm -hmm. and resurface because they are parts of us. Like, I do believe that a lot of my shadow characteristics, like, they're still obviously existing and they're a part of me. They're part of, like, my whole self. But, like, what do you do when you recognize that a shadow trait is surfacing and resurfacing? I like this question. So I've noticed that – so for me, I – put a big emphasis on self-care because um, I'm the type of I forgot what human design number I mean human design trait this is but oh generator yes generator and I have to make sure that like my I'm self- a generator as well oh my god high yeah. five <laughs> I love this so I noticed that the more I give into my business I feel drained easily so I have to make sure like my self-care in the morning and night is there and present or else like those shadow uh, those shadow traits will get triggered and I will no oh, I'll kind of bring it out to my boyfriend so so you recognize right realize. away that like when they appear like are you able to recognize that you have that awareness the second they appear you know that you're projecting them out onto others yes yes if I would say like oh like um you're not like I don't feel when like I don't feel good enough when this 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 happens it's like oh Hazel, why aren't you feeling this way? And that's when I started digging deep into myself. Like, okay, I am neglecting baby Hazel. And that's why she's starting to cry. And then that's when I go back into like my own like personalized coaching thing I created for myself. And that's when I start rehealing different aspects of me. 
Ooh, could we discuss your personalized coaching? (laughs) Yeah. So what I like to do is, so this is very intensive. Just everybody take this as a grain of salt, but I would fast for two days. So I do a dry fast from like sunrise to sunset, no water, like no social media, and just like really cleanse myself from everything. And then that's when I do my own cord cutting and then reparent myself in the way my triggers are coming up. So like if I don't feel like I'm good enough for X and my boyfriend's showing me that mirror, then I would show myself that I am good enough in that respect for myself. And yes, I think a great point with that, it's finding your own modalities for healing your inner child. Mm-hmm. Like again, you said take it as a grain of, sc- of salt, yeah. but that works for you. And I think it really is about discovering what your inner child wants or your whole self wants in terms of healing. Like mm-hmm. one modality that really works well for me is I call it like soul retrieval. So I'll go back into like traumatic experiences as a child yeah. and just like go hug myself. Like me yeah. as now will just like astral project into because like I don't believe time is linear. I'll just like go back. Mm-hmm. Or like just go into an experience that I had as a child where I felt abandoned or like lonely or, you know, any of that. <laughs> and it just give myself a little hug and just say it's okay. And just say like, based on what experience I'm going back to and like what emotion is arising in that moment, I'll just, you know, like, I'm here for you. You're not alone. Like clearly, like I'm, I'm right here. Like show myself love and compassion that I feel like I didn't receive. Mm-hmm. And then just, I don't know, I feel like in those moments, when I heal those moments, I retrieve a part of my soul that was like left oh in those moments. I yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm on a journey right now to like retrieve all the parts of my soul mm-hmm. that were just kind of like left around throughout yeah. experiences or even throughout lifetimes. It doesn't necessarily need to be this lifetime, exactly. but yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's a modality that works really well for me. No, I really like that. I teach that to my clients and that's like an interesting fact that you bring up because we understand, we have to understand like the inner child is not like just a broken part, not broken, but like a fragmented part of you in this lifetime. It's also generational past life. It's like a collective energy that brings the wounded child here. And sometimes we have to understand the triggers we have. It's not even ours or our parents. It's just some from other lifetime we have to just like heal. (laughs) I know. And I believe like, as we, like, as we are children, as we are born into this lifetime where we're already carrying lifetimes and lifetimes of like trauma Mm -hmm. and conditionings and imprints in us. Yes. So just imagine all the baggage you're already like carrying with you the second you come into this life and then Mm -hmm. all the additional baggage and the conditionings and imprints you're about to experience, especially 18 and under. Mm-hmm. No, like definitely, what, there's definitely a lot of work to be done. It's definitely yeah. a journey of healing. Yes, definitely. And that's why, like, I advise a lot of like people. Um, I healing is never like a healing is never an end game. It will never be finished. It's more like just keep doing the work. Things will get better and better. I um, I always suggest to my clients before you get into a relationship, make sure your healing journey starts. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be fully healed. It's just knowing that like. You're starting to take accountable with your own action and behavior. So you know the trigger that comes up in your relationships. No, that's a really good point. I feel like a lot of people enter relationships and they themselves don't yet feel whole. They themselves aren't yet connected with themselves or even just aware again of like the triggers, 
you know, the conditionings that were imposed on them, all of that. So you enter into relationships and you're projecting out as well as receiving projections from your partner. And it's almost like you're unaware of the source of those problems, of those projections. So it's it's so great to gain that self-awareness first, just to gain acknowledgement, just to gain awareness of mm-hmm. who's projecting what out, of what energies are yours. Like there's so many, yeah, so many yeah. elements of that. You explained it so well. Explained it so well. Like a lot of the time people think that like, oh, my boyfriend, like he's not doing this. He's going to leave me. It's like, where is this projection coming from? Like what's being triggered and what of him is showing this? And you need to understand that, like sometimes the way we perceive or think, perceive certain situations is from our childhood. And maybe he's doing certain things because that's from his own perception from his childhood. Right. Do you do, I have just like a random question now. Do you do inner child healing for couples? Because that sounds so interesting, recognizing your own projections and your own conditionings and how they're impacting your current relationships. Yes. I actually um, have one um, one couple working with me and it's very interesting because it feels like couple therapy, but then I both bring them into like their timeline and I tell them like each individually like to heal certain parts of themselves. And then when they come up, they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize I was hurting you because my mom hurt me this way. So I project the same way I had, as I do to my mom. And then that's when like the whole intimate bond starts happening again, the rekindling. And that's like interesting too, because sometimes when relationships aren't really going the way that we expected them to go, some people just kind of like become closed off and they kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not revert, like kind of like not exit the relationship. I don't know what word. Sorry? One foot in, one foot out, or like distance? Yeah, that's the word. (laughs) They become distance, but sometimes it isn't necessarily like an issue within the relationship. Exactly like you said, you start recognizing where these projections are stemming from. And instead of like becoming distant or closing yourself off in the relationship or possibly even like ending the relationship, it's like when you become aware of the own, not inner issues, but like inner work that needs to be done, I feel like do that first, become aware of that, start working on that, and then just watch your relationship transform. Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, Nicole, you put it so eloquently. No, that was so good. After I couldn't think of the word for like five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Because a lot of people like um, think that their partner is doing XXX, therefore they don't love them. But it's like, yes, it could be that, but we have to understand like what are you like what why are you putting the certain meaning onto their actions and what's making you perceive this way and what's making him act this way and that's when like full communication needs to occur absolutely so I'm curious as to what your timeline of healing is looking like for you right now do you feel like you've done all your inner child work or are there some conditionings that are still being projected right now or resurfacing I love that question. So I've noticed that um, I felt like I'd done all my healing and shadow work, my inner child healing and shadow work um, years ago. But then I recognized recently that as I'm getting more clients, the um, triggers I had in the beginning, beginning of my like healing journey is starting to resurface. So I was like, wait, I thought I was done. But then I have to realize that 
now what I'm going through is a different perspective. So I have to like re-alter the inner child healing through that perspective. Ooh, that's really interesting. Thank you. It's really interesting, especially like the same ones that you were being triggered by early on in your career and your business are now resurfacing, but now you have a new perspective to heal those with. That's really interesting. Thank you. Because it's true. It's like within the same context of your career, Mm -hmm. like your coaching, that this is resurfacing and the fact that you dealt with it already at the start of your career. And now you're just kind of like, oh, here they come again. Like I thought I dealt with this within this dimension already. That's really interesting that now you need to put a new perspective, a new lens into healing that. Mm-hmm. And you have the band-aid. Mm-hmm. Not band-aid, <laughs> but like a new like polysporin to actually yeah. make it heal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love like, that analogy. <laughs> thank you. Like um before I remember I always thought like, oh, I'm not good enough to put myself out there. Same thing with like the six K like a hundred K in one month. Yeah. But then sometimes now it's just like, oh my God, a lot of people are hitting me up. Whoa, this is different. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I find myself sheltering back, like, wait, wait, Hazel, who said that you're not enough to, like, who said you're not capable enough to, like, handle all of this? And that's when the inner child, like, work comes in. Because even though, like, healing is never, like, finished, we have to understand that being aware of our, like, triggers and our perceptions needs to be emphasized. Because that's when we can catch these things and make sure we don't fall in the hole before it gets too late. (laughs) No, absolutely. So I wanted to bring up that question of just triggers resurfacing and conditions resurfacing now, because Mm -hmm. I found during this time of pandemic here in Toronto, we're both GTA girls. (laughs) I, I honestly found that one of my inner child, I don't know, healings issues that keep coming up. It's this inability or like feeling trapped, like an inability to leave, which quite literally I am trapped in this country right now. Like we're in lockdown. There's like restrictions off the border, but I reconnected that with just as a child, again, feeling trapped because you are a child, you're unable to just like go fend for yourself out in the world. And it's something that has been triggering me recently feeling trapped again. And it's another now, like, obviously now I have a new perspective than I did when I was like five, six years old, but it's something that just resurfaced recently too, because we're in lockdown, but now again, yeah, new lens, new perspective and a new way of healing. Like um, my boyfriend, he's actually very similar. He has that trigger to being trapped because he's like, he's been traveling for so many years and then he had to come back home to just like, you know, be in lockdown. (laughs) And so one thing I taught him is to exercise a form of freedom in your own space. So like what he does is like, okay, when you wake up in the morning it's like, okay, what's one, like ask, ask yourself, what is one thing you want to do today? And it'd be like, okay, let's go bike ride from this city to the city. And he would just go bike ride. And then like a sense of like spontaneous, would just be like relieved off. And he would just do this exercise every week to make sure, like, like baby him doesn't feel trapped. Ooh, I love that exercise because yeah. I'm a Taurus. I love to plan literally weeks ahead of time. <laughs> like each day, like the <laughs> day before, oh I have like a whole checklist of what I'm going to do that day. And just waking up and being like, no, like I'm going to go bike ride to the next city. Like I'm going to yeah. go here. Like just being spontaneous and curious and free. Really? Mm-hmm. That's the key word. Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. As the weather's getting nicer, maybe I'll do the yeah. same. 
like even in the morning sometimes I'd be like hey baby Hazel what do you want to do okay let's like it'd be like something easy let's go do yoga at the park not right now it's winter but like or like let's go paint here let's go do this here and like okay awesome that's amazing that's a really good tip to give (laughs) thank you because like our frequency it doesn't change drastically day to day but some days I wake up feeling more high vibrational than others like sometimes I have dreams that trigger me so it's really interesting like yeah you make these checklists for yourself like days weeks months in advance but really tune into your whole self when you wake up and see what you want to do see what feels right in that moment like we're so as a society we're collectively just like always planning and planning and planning and have to like know everything and like yeah the Mm -hmm. hustle culture and honestly just be present with your whole self in the moment if it doesn't feel right it's like even if you made this checklist months years ago if it doesn't feel right in the moment you don't need to do it or do something else do what feels right yeah exactly and like when you um like for example if you're starting the day off with like a low vibe get yourself in the high vibe so whatever you have on your checklist that's like priority you still get it done because you're at a higher state than you were in the morning absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely that's a really good tip because I know personally I like to get all like the annoying boring draining tasks out of the way but then I feel drained after Exactly. So maybe exactly. it's like uplift your energy so that you're at this high vibrational state when you're doing these more like not daunting tasks, but exhaust, like exhaustion, draining tasks. Because yeah. like as much as we want to get rid of the like ugly tasks first in the morning, I used to be like that too. But then like you said, I would already get drained. So might as well put myself in a high vibe, do a little later, but still finish off strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really, you're giving great tips, Hazel. <laughs> these are really <laughs> good tips. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so I do, I guess to just end off, I want to make a personal note in terms of inner child. I feel like when I first started doing inner child work, it's like this misconception that you're going to be childlike and immature and just like, you know, all these kind of like negative connotations surrounding an idea of a child, like loud and rowdy and you know, like misbehave, but that's not necessarily the case. Like mm-hmm. with children come this curiosity, like curiosity, just so magical, just so pure, so innocent. And I don't know, I think it really is a misconception with doing inner child work or even starting inner child work. So I did want to note that because we didn't really touch on that, but do you have any points relating to that? Of course. Yeah. So a lot of like, um, people from like high school for example I would just find them on my Instagram and they'd be like why are you doing like inner childhood isn't that childish like why are you you teaching people to be a kid I'm like no it's knowing that like I get where you're coming from being a lot of people think that being a kid or acting like a kid there's no seriousness of it but we have to understand there's no seriousness of life it's knowing that like you have an emotional like vulnerability towards you and you're able to express it freely without judgment without fear because this is you you're embodying your authentic you and it's like would you rather be a serious adult who is so triggered to express their emotions in front of others and be ashamed of it or do you want to live freely in your own body and that's what the inner child healing is yeah because I've been recently integrating play like play therapy into my days into my routine which consists of like just being like wild with my dog, like running, playing ball, just being present, being stupid, or like painting. It really is like activities to be so present in the moment. So just like carefree, Mm -hmm. you know, just get rid of that like seriousness. 
And yeah, like, I don't know. It was a huge misconception. I remember when I, before I even started like soul retrieval or inner work or inner child work, I mean, I was, I was so like taken aback by this idea of being childlike, especially because I like grew up really quickly. I matured really quickly. I was like, I don't even know what it's like to just play and be wild Mm -hmm. and free. And then when you start like tuning into first, like mostly just like exercises and stuff that resonate with you and feel okay, still feel mature, but are more like play-like, then you start realizing, hey, it's okay to be like carefree and free-spirited and just curious and innocent at times. And yeah, like, I don't know why we're so accustomed to throwing all that away or even just, I don't want to like bash culture right now, but like children growing up so quickly now, it's like we weren't even really given a chance to be a child. Yeah live that's the scary part too is like they're romanticizing this idea that like oh kids need to grow up faster but it's like what happens when they're adults they're going to become this like emotionally unavailable person who cares about money and doesn't care about like people around them or themselves yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly like what's what's great about that like yeah they get money but like that money is coming from an empty sense of needs Mm -hmm. survival and it's like a lack of like there's never enough. You're constantly mm-hmm. trying to attain more and more and more. Yeah. Because they're not fulfilled with themselves. Mm-hmm. And that goes back down to the inner child. They're never fulfilled with to begin with. Mm-hmm. So just to end mm-hmm. our wonderful conversation on the inner child, do you have any mm-hmm. last tips, notes um, you want to yeah. share with us? So if for those who doesn't know how to get back to the inner child or just starting off their journey, it's simply just waking up in the morning and getting yourself present. And just asking yourself, what does baby you want to do today? Or are you ask yourself like if you're neglecting yourself and finding a way to get that back into you? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Hazel, mm-hmm. for being here. This was a great conversation. No, well, thank you for having me. This was amazing. If you feel enlightened and inspired by the intuition age, I would be eternally grateful if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. This platform truly allows me to act as a catalyst for expanding and elevating human consciousness, both individually and collectively. All shares, downloads, and subscribes help me distribute these divine topics to even more conscious souls. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you at the next episode.